at the crowd, honey. This is fantastic. Hello, everyone. And feel free to turn on your cameras. We'd love to see your beautiful faces. Love for you to join us here. I do want to let you know we are recording this. Um, so if you're comfortable having your faces recorded, by all means, please uh, um, go ahead and turn on those recordings. Also check your names just to make sure you're okay if your name is going to be appearing, um, that you are comfortable having your name up there as well. And the reason why we record this is because we have some leaders that are working and can't be here and we want to be able to help them too. So we want to give everybody a chance to uh, be able to get the information that we're sharing and to refine their leadership skills. So look at, I love it. I love seeing the cameras come on. Hello, Brother Troy, good to see you. Always a pleasure seeing you. Hey good guys. Hi, hello, hello. Hey, good to see everybody today. Good afternoon for our Eastern Seaboard. Good morning for our left coasters. Uh, good evening, good night for the folks over in the Far East in Europe. Happy Mother's Day weekend, more to follow on that. I can't wait to talk a little bit about that. We're gonna have a good time. Uh, really excited for this month's Leadership Forum. We're gonna be talking about vulnerability and group leadership. It's probably not what you think when we talk about vulnerability, vulnerability. but we'll be able to really get a hold of a, of a lot of different topics this week as we bring all those in underneath that umbrella. So I am thrilled to be here today with my inordinately beautiful wife, Christina. About that, but thank you. <laughs> and as he's admitting people, we would love to know where y'all come or where everyone is coming in from. So open up those chats. We'd love to hear, you know, share your name and where you're coming in from, uh, just so we can see which areas of the world people are joining us here today. And just double check your computer, just make sure you're on mute. Uh, if we have open mics, we get that feedback and it makes it hard to be able to understand people. We will have a chance for you to unmute yourselves when we uh, enter into the Q&A portion uh, at the end or halfway through. And so uh, we would love to hear from you then. But just for right now, if you don't mind uh, keeping yourselves on mute, that would be fantastic. So what, what do you see in there? Can you read? Yeah. We have Bakersfield, California. Yeah, just offhand, I'm seeing uh, a lot of folks in from California. Wow. I, I see the Juarez is in. I see the Greers in here. Love uh, you, Greers. Love so, you, love you. Uh, <laughs> I, I see folks from uh, up in Wisconsin. I see oh. folks in from Michigan. Wow. I see people in from northern Florida, which is actually south Georgia. We'll talk more <laughs> about that later. Uh, love our Jacksonville people. We're, we're from Jacksonville, so we're a little biased. So. Yeah. Well, as people continue to flow in, we still have some more that are, get, that are about to be admitted. Uh, I'm going to open us up in a word of prayer, yeah. and then we will be on our way. So, hey, Lord, we're handing the, over this next hour to you. Um, we're just saying, just get everybody else out of the way. God, if you don't show up, then none of this goes. Um, then it's just a bunch of people talking about you know their experiences without your level of, of intrusion. And until you disrupt our lives, God, we have that natural human condition that we just want to try and figure it out ourselves. Uh, I could probably speak for most of us. It just doesn't work out that well for us when we do that. So, Lord, we, we give over this time to you. Um, and more importantly, we look ahead in the days coming where it's not so easy to get it over, give it over to you. We surrender those moments where we just want to be ourselves or we want to just be part of a group that you know, says, forget about you, Lord. We're going to try and do it ourselves. It's in your holy name we pray, amen. Amen, thanks babe. So we're here, we have amazing leaders from all over the world and people interested in leading, already are seasoned leaders. People have led for 
um, for years or maybe just entertaining leading. Everyone is welcome here. We're super excited to have you. Uh, this is a meeting that we host once a month, the first Friday of every month. So we invite you to come back again next month. I believe that's June 3rd, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, right? Yes, June 3rd, I'm getting a thumbs up. Uh, and that would be at noon again, Eastern time. So we'd love to have you back here. And we're just going to continue being able to teach issues and things that come up in leadership. And if you have questions, if you have uh, a topic that you'd like discussed, if you want to come join us and share your leadership experience, by all means, reach out to us. Reach out to us. We'd love to collaborate with you and link arms and just be able to feed one another. I think this is just a neat place for us to be able to gather and learn from each other. And then uh, I also want to mention before we jump in, uh, this is next week is a very special week. Every second Friday of the month, we launch the mission brief for the men and we launch the sanctuary for the women. And the women's meeting is at 10 o'clock Eastern and the men is at one o'clock Eastern. And the topics are pretty parallel this month and it's fantastic. We have um, it's, I'm excited about what we're doing within the men's group. We're having a dear friend and sister of our, Tracy. She might be in the meeting today. If you are, Tracy, shout out. Um, she's going to be joining me, and we're going to be talking to the men about what triggers do to women. And they're going to get it right from the women. And we're going to help the men learn what they can do since they've been the source of the pain, how they can help be the source now of the healing. So we're super excited to be able to help guide men and teach them and give them actual tangible things they can do to help uh, to help fix their relationships uh, and the brokenness that they cause. So I think that's going to be really cool, don't you think, Ken? Yeah, we are really excited about this. Mm -hmm. We had a, a fantastic outpouring of support uh, from some of the guys of the ladies who attended the sanctuary last month where they started this initial conversation about triggers. Um, uh, it seems to be a, a big hole in some of the men's game uh, on how we approach recovery and how we let God get in, inside of our space and, and change the way we're doing business. So. Absolutely. And so we're gonna continue our conversation with the women about triggers, because there's just so much women can do uh, for their recovery to help them uh, prevent those triggers from actually turning into PTSD like symptoms that can destroy their brain, destroy their body and really get them stuck in recovery. So all leaders that teach uh, war path, conquer series, stronger together, send, send out the invite. I think the invites are actually being sent right now to your inboxes. I think at noon they were sent to go for those invitations to people so that they can get on uh, this webinar. It's free and, and just learn some uh, incredible information and get some tools and just really take their their recovery to the next level. All right. So, so men, I'm going to speak to you just for a minute, ladies, you can listen, but please no, no sharp elbows to nudge the men to, to, to heed what I'm saying. Uh, so guys, it's mother's day this weekend. Okay. Great opportunity for you not to goon it up. I mean, I just want to be clear on it. Okay. If you haven't at least thought about what you're going to do, and thought about the wonderful mothers that are in your life. I don't care if it's your mom, your mother outlaw, your, your wife, if you've got adult children that have kids, you know, we need to get cracking right after the call if you haven't already started. Okay, this is not wait to the last minute. Nothing screams that you don't care. Nothing screams you don't give a crap, like waiting to the last minute or not thinking about it at all. Yeah, I love that. You know, we have a great opportunity here, Lamar. Why don't we just open up the chat? If you have great ideas on things that you do for your moms or for your wives or for the women that are special, um, 
not affair partners, not those women. No, mm, run, flee. That's fire. No, we're not talking about those. You know what I'm talking about for the beautiful ladies that God intended you to bring glory to. By all means, share with us in the chat something you do. You might be able to help help a brother out uh, in a situation like this. And you know, something I was thinking about, Lamar. Uh, this can be Mother's Day can be tricky. Mother's Day can be hard for for women that have been triggered or have been on the receiving end of betrayal because they don't feel worthy, uh, not just as a partner. They, they start questioning their worth in every aspect of their life. I mean, I remember just questioning, am I a good enough mom? If I wasn't a good enough wife, believing that lie, then I don't think I should even be celebrated. And that, that's hard. That is really hard. So if you're leading groups, uh, women, reach out to those ladies, see how they're doing. Give them, give them some love, give them some support. Encourage them to look outside themselves. We're working with some ladies that are doing life by themselves and they're raising kids by themselves. Their, their, their husbands aren't in a place of, of doing recovery or they're divorced or separated. Who are those women in your life that, that won't have Mother's Day acknowledged? Who are those women that maybe had to bury a child? What about those people that may have lost a mom this year? Uh, I know several people uh, that have lost their mothers and this can be a very difficult day. So what can we do? I mean, that's, it's something um, Mother's Day, just being truly authentic here is, is tough. My, I just recently lost my mom and I was at Walmart yesterday and I just, I was in the aisle and I was by myself and I just started crying. And every little woman that walked by, I just wanted to grab her and hug her, ask for a hug because I just, I miss my mom so much. So who can you reach out to, to make Mother's Day special? And I hope we're getting some good feedback in the chats. I have trouble seeing. So um, I'm, I'm praying you guys are given some good input as to things you can do for moms to make them feel special. Yeah, this is part of the profit sharing of being in a leader group uh, and leadership development. You know, the, the weekly uh, forums here are, we're all about trying to share things. So in the chats, and I, and I really don't have great visibility. It's a very small box on my screen. So uh, as you go through this, some people like to just do the chat when we're doing this live and monitor that and then come back and catch the video uh, because we can't get the chat you know over on a recording but at least we can get the video there so take a look at that really you know get into that and, and share some of those best practices you know what are some of your best memories of mother's day if you're a mom uh, men what are some of the ideas you have for this coming mother's day uh, trust me there's some guy out there who's, who's sitting there thinking uh-oh i totally forgot and, and it's a great chance for us to help each other and then maybe next year that guy is the one that helps some other guy so yeah, I like that. I like all right. That. I say we jump into vulnerability, babe. What do you think? Let's do it. I'm, I'm so excited to be working alongside today with not, not just with my wife, but with all of you as leaders, um, as we talk about, you know, this larger topic of vulnerability as a group leader. Um, some people are naturally going to get that visceral reaction when they hear that word. They may be thinking that they got to spill all their guts to their group member, every single group members, every single session, um, which is, is not at all what this means. Um, if you wind up doing most of the talking in your group, you're probably doing it wrong. So, um, you know, we can go ahead and start there. Uh, for some of us, uh, it winds up becoming just a giant no-no. Uh, you think that maybe you have to be perfect and you have to be so far above board as a group leader just to provide this shining example, the city on a hill for your group members. And, and I submit that's equally as corrosive. Um, and so, but really what I want to talk about is how do you make yourself vulnerable 
where you're telling your group members essentially, look, I care way more about you than what you think about me. And, and how are you able to speak that truth in love, the hard part being the love part? You know, how do you do that and still maintain a certain level of vulnerability so they trust you? I love that, babe. Yeah, so I, I think it's important that we revisit what vulnerability is not. And I thought you did a good job there, but I think we need to stress that. Uh, vulnerability does not equal disclosure. Okay, so it's not the picture of someone. I, I can give you an example. Um, early on in recovery, I was in a group with women, and our group leader uh, would open up and share, and her sharing would be longer than everybody else's sharing. And then each question she would answer first and then give feedback to everybody's uh, answer. So she did about 90% of the talking during the meeting, which left little time for the women in the recovery to get real. And we all kind of just cower back and just let her talk and talk and talk. And it really wasn't the picture of what vulnerability is supposed to be. Um, so it's a good example of what not to do. Have you seen any examples like that, Lamar, where you've had leaders just like emotionally hijack the situation? Yeah, exactly. And typically what happens is folks just check out the group members are just going to walk away thinking, well, I really don't have a chance to share myself or I'm really not that concerned about about their plight, um, which is a whole different sermon. It's a whole different ballgame in and of itself. It's something we can discuss on a different leadership forum meeting. But I just find that whenever we go to one extreme or the other, that you wind up with a group where everybody's just going to wind up spinning their wheels. Mm. Absolutely. And it's awkward. I'm just going to be honest with you. We were one of our first counseling sessions. We were paired up with a, a gentleman and he was we were excited because he had gone through infidelity. So we're thinking, OK, this is this is going to be great. And we had an hour with him and we didn't talk the whole time. And he cried and cried. And at first I'm thinking, oh, that's so vulnerable. That's amazing. But then it kept going and going and then I just started feeling awkward like uh and then but by the end of the meeting we're hugging him and praying over him and we're walking out going okay all right yeah <laughs> what do we do with that and so we just we weren't in a place and we had to step up but it was just it was very uncomfortable and so just be cognizant that your group is um it easy to go that direction and that kind of is why it's very important to have a co-leader we yeah. were talking about that today it's so valuable to have a co-leader put in place so something like that doesn't happen you're entitled to have a bad day i mean recovery is not going to be flawless for you and if you're not in recovery if you're a leader you're going to have a day where women it's just a bad day there's such a thing as pms and just life happens and your kids could be irritated the fire out of you or maybe you got in a fight with your spouse or your significant other that's where you get to call up your co-leader and say hey buddy hey hey girlfriend I, I need you to step up i'm not in a place and i think i might emotionally hijack the meeting yep. i think that's just a beautiful picture of why co-leaders are important absolutely and another thing that vulnerability is not uh, mm -hmm. being vulnerable does not mean that you're weak oh. As a matter of fact i think it's quite the opposite i, th I think vulnerability takes courage um, we, we love to go back to some of the tenets uh, of Brene Brown. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, I don't agree with everything that Brene Brown says, but she's got a lot of gems, just being honest. Um, she's the one that coined that phrase, clear as kind, and oh. un unclear as unkind. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I love that. And I, I think we need to park here a little bit because this is, this is very important to understand as leaders. 
she did and Brene Brown in her research she asked her you know subjects and people that you know, what do you want in a leader and interestingly enough leaders want vulnerability I mean people want vulnerability in their leaders and she started to unpack this because she was kind of taken back because a lot of people think vulnerability equals weakness but what the people are saying is people don't are they're kind of sick of the airbrushed leaders that look perfect sitting on their high horses looking down on the people that they're leading people don't want that they want real they want authentic and you know what does that look like what does that look like in, in an authentic and, and uh, vulnerable leader? That's someone that's able to have those tough conversations. Ooh, that, those are the hard ones. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Those are the ones that are willing to tell the truth and defend the truth, the gospel truth. And that's the beautiful thing is being Christians, we have a playbook. We have, I love what Lamar says. I'm a, you know, there's a million resources out there. They can't all be right. But the Bible is. And so if we are working under the truth and the word of God, and we have that truth to support us, I mean, score. I yeah. mean, that, that is what it's all about. And then, you know, does that authentic leader, are they willing to give feedback to people? True feedback. And not only give that feedback, here's a tough one, can they receive it? Do you actually ask your people, how was it? Or do you avoid asking how was it because you don't want to hear anything negative? And that's the sign of a vulnerable person. That's why it takes courage to be able to put yourself in a position and say, yes, come refine me. I need to be refined. And when we go back to the whole clear is kind, unclear is unkind, what we're talking about there is when you go into a group and you're leading and you're not clear with the direction or you say one thing and do something else, that is very unsettling for people extremely unsettling. And I can give a perfect example of this. It was one of the first groups that I led. And beforehand, I thought, okay, I'm going to be a great leader. I'm going to go over the rules before the group starts. And right before we all got on this call together, I said, okay, just so we're clear, there's no, there's no bashing spouses. And I went through the other rules. Well, lo and behold, the meeting starts and one of the women starts bashing her spouse. And I didn't do anything because I felt uncomfortable. I didn't want to interrupt her. I thought, well, she just needs to get it off her chest. And so I bit my tongue. Wrong answer. I sent a clear message at the beginning, but I was unclear because I didn't follow through. And that destroyed the group. And what happened? It was the rotten apple effect. Once she started, another woman started. Oh, yeah, you think your husband's bad? Wait, do you hear what my husband said? And then it became a comparison game of who had the most horrendous, awful, terrible spouse. And it was just, it was, it, let's just say that was not the best group I ever led. So the next group, I decided I got to do something different. So I set the rules at the beginning. And then the first time a spouse went to bash her husband, I'm like, oh, time out, time out. I understand you're in a lot of pain, but I'm not wearing referee stripes right now. So we're gonna get back on task and let's go back to this question. That's uncomfortable for me all. I mean, that is so uncomfortable for me to be able to say, uh, nope, 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 we, we gotta stop here. But that's what vulnerability is, right? Yeah, yeah it, it's going to that place of outside your comfort zone. You're not there to be their best friend. You're not there to pr present yourself as perfect. You need to be vulnerable. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, personal styles. Um, 
for, for me personally, I've got a natural bent to just start lecturing people and beating them about the head and shoulders, you know, with the Bible. Uh, it's just, it's just one thing. I, I really don't have much else. She mentioned it earlier. I'm kind of a one trick pony. If it's not in the gospel, uh, then I got a real hard time with it. Um, I, and, I, and while I love some of these commentators and I love some researchers, I think there's a lot of uh, wisdom to be gleaned from them. Uh, I, I try to always relate it back to scripture. And so it's just natural for me. Uh, one thing that's not natural, though, comes out of James 5, 16. And here I go with the scripture already. But I'm more preaching to myself than anybody else. So you guys got to come along this ride with me for at least 10 or 15 seconds. It says, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Um, the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. And when I, I hear that, it automatically takes me back. You know, a group leader may think that, well, maybe because I'm a group leader, I fall outside the purview of all y'all confess your sins. And it's just not the case. Um, there's no disclaimer out there saying you don't have to confess if you're a group leader. So I'm going to ask Christina now, how do you develop vulnerability in a group? And what traits, you know, as a leader, do you want to see some of your members model? I like that. I like that. And <laughs> to be honest with you, it's setting the example of being courageous and being that vulnerable person. That's how we're going to get this ignited and to create other courageous people is by being that example. That's not my natural inclination or bend, like, like you like to say. My natural inclination is to put on a happy face and let them think that everything is hunky-dory. We have our act together and we're just awesome. And sometimes we're not. And I'll give you an example. Um, the Greers were there. We just did a Stronger Together, uh, you know, six week uh, session. It was amazing. But right before, I think right in the heart of it, like week three, I mean, we were really just like right in the heart of the lesson. We start fighting before we get on camera. I mean, like cats and dogs, I'm like whispering, yelling, and you know, trying to have people at work not here. And he's, I mean, we are just wanting to claw each other's eyeballs out. And then it's time, five, four, three, two, one, camera on, and we're still just at each other's throat. And the old me would have been like, hi, we're doing great. How is everyone else? But we didn't, we came on, we just said, need to let you know if you see Lamar being pushed that way it's because he's too close to me right now and I just need some space and we kind of conducted the first few minutes of the meeting like this and we laughed about it and we were transparent and we shared with the group we're we're kind of off right now that's what it is and now we didn't go and air out everything that happened beforehand and the whole story but we did just say if you're sensing that we're off that's why because here's the deal people are smart I mean, they are going through just millions of data per second, even on a subconscious level, uh, the people that you're leading, and they're watching you. And so if you're smiling with your, your eyes or with your mouth and not with your eyes, or if you're saying, oh, everything's great between us, we're going to teach you all about intimacy, could you get off of me? I mean... <laughs> They're going to pick up on those nuances and it's i mean it's and they're going to hear danger danger red light red light what's wrong this this the, my leaders are not being authentic they're not looking for you to be perfect they're just looking for you to be honest and and true to where you are and if you're off don't lie and say life is great let them know i'm a little off i was triggered i'm i'm struggling so i'm gonna need you all to step up and 
and uh, really, really come to bat tonight because I, I can't carry everyone, and that's okay. Yep. Hey, guys, we really struggle with this. Just want to be honest with you. Uh, we don't want to open up because at heart, we, don't, we have zero interest in somebody else challenging us. And I'm specifically, again, talking to the men. Uh, again, ladies, not for you. Uh, you can listen if you like, but uh, we look for that unconditional positive regard constantly. Okay, we really believe in our heart of heart that our stuff does not stink when it's actually rancid, rank, and rotten. Okay, you're a dude, you can't even smell yourself. Apologies, all right, but it's out there. So, being vulnerable means you're opening yourself, your actions, and even your thoughts to community correction. But I believe that's only safe when the group has a sense of, uh, of attachment and you're all after the same thing. And so, we get that through a shared understanding that Christ only exposed us through either discovery or disclosure because he loves us and he wants to heal us. Um, so can you recount a situation where you had to step out in faith and vulnerability with a group member? Oh, goodness. Uh, I like that. Um, quite often, yeah. Calling people out, that's tough. That is really tough for me, uh, especially in a group situation because I don't, like to have people feel awkward. So if I have to do that, if there's a difficult situation, if someone is hijacking the meeting, going too long, or maybe letting curse words slip, initially, my if I can't stop it right away, I make that call afterwards. And, and it's really getting on the phone, just saying, hey, I, I gotta consider the good of the group. I prefer to do it in front of everyone so the team sees that I have the group's interest at heart. I really do. And that's where I'm graduating to because I'm not an expert at that, just being completely vulnerable here. Um, but I know that that is a better, the best leaders just can stop those things right away. Yeah. And they're not going to put it off. And it actually is good when they do that because then the rest of the group can say, wow, he or she really has my interest at heart. And this is a safe place. So, yeah, it, it's, um, you know, a specific example. Do you have one in mind that you can think of? No, we, I was in a group one time. We had a gentleman that really enjoyed talking about the specifics of the female form wow. that, that he really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are a couple of chuckles out there. Maybe some of you guys were in this group, or maybe you've had this group yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe you were a member. Somebody else started going off about some of their very specific triggers, uh, their very specific you know, reminders and their templates. And it's just not a place where the group can experience some healing. Because then you got some guys that are morbidly curious that may not be in a position to hear that, may not be in a position to, to uh, have enough maturity to accept it and to help walk alongside that guy. And so having the group rules in place are pretty important. Listen, I, I'm all about the mute button as a leader. I'm, I'm all about muting somebody. And if they choose to come back and that first five seconds don't look good, I'm, I'm not scared to eject them out of the meeting too. Um, of course, I've, I've had to be careful about that because I ejected a guy one time and it says he can't come back, um, at least in that session, which wasn't altogether a bad thing, but it was just a little bit more harsh than what I imagined. So be prepared to do those kind of things to kind of have that, uh, we call them a PPR in the military. It's a pre-planned response. You know, what am I going to do if this happens? And as we go and we kind of game plan this out, what does this look like? Because it's going to happen. We're going to be challenged as leaders. It's not a question of, of if, it's a matter of when. Um, and so having that in place is very important. Well, now's about the time. We're almost to the halfway mark of the session. This is really where we enjoy starting to see some of the, the, the questions come through. Um, and, I, and I wanted to start answering them 
um, the way they've come through already. I, I might skip a couple, but I will wind up reaching out to people individually as we go through and you ask your questions. If we don't get to it directly, uh, please hit me up. Otherwise, uh, I think you all have my email address now. I'm starting to see these invitations come through from my email address. That's a good news story. So you can reach right back out to me. Um, one of the questions was just about that, about hijackers. Um, don't be afraid to interrupt somebody. Don't be afraid to, to remind someone, hey, listen, there are you know 87 people in the group and we've only got 90 minutes. That averages out to about a minute a person. You know, if somebody starts going on and, and you'll see them, you know, um, I failed miserably in the past at just letting somebody go on too much. And you look around, I mean, you got guys sleeping over in the other corner that, that forgot their video was on. I mean, people that are checked out, somebody's beating a kid over in the aisle at Walmart because, you know, they had a chance to drive up. It's just, it's a disaster if you let that happen. So uh, for, forgive me if there's anybody out there that, that spares the rod. I apologize for that. that. I would like to hear from, I see some of our seasoned leaders. I see Scott. Scott, it's good to have you on. Yeah, could you, do you mind opening up your mic? I'd love to hear from you and what your thoughts are on this because uh, Scott is amazing. He is a veteran. We just love our veterans and a chaplain. He's our favorite chaplain and, uh, and he's a counselor. So he has a world of experience um, with all of this. So Scott, what, what do you think about the situations, those hard conversations that we have to have as leaders? Well, I think you're going to make mistakes. I, I make mistakes. You know, I just woke up, but um, Christy had her the day off. And so we, we uh, slept in, but um, so, yeah, no, I've, I've been harsh with people that don't do their homework and then they don't come back. And, you know, then I feel bad about that. And, um, you know, then I've, I've been harsh and then I've had their, their, uh, their son in class or something. And, and they, they can, they can take, uh, I don't know, what, it, what is it called when revenge against somebody and, you know, accuse people, you know, feelings are real, uh, hurt people, hurt people, healthy people, help people. And that's the important part there is, is that when we know that our wounds are there and our buttons are being pushed, or maybe somebody triggers us um, with something that we haven't dealt with yet. I mean, that's a good thing. Uh, you know, God's going to awaken stuff in us whether it's uh, through other people or direct confrontation. Um, but it's, it's, it's not an easy thing, you know, entering into this battle, you know, there's going to be wounded people along the way. And that includes, you know, all of us, you know, that are in this chat right now. So if you think you're going to enter this with, with no scars or no bumps or bruises, or um, it's, it's not going to happen, you're going to get hurt and you may accidentally hurt people too. But then that, and you, we look at the grace of God and, and, you know, prayer and the Holy Spirit. And, Amen. and I think the closer we are to God, the Holy Spirit prompts us and will, will nudge us in the right direction. And then some amazing things are going to happen. Um, people are going to beginning to, to get healed. Um, you know, we'll get healthier. Uh, and that's when the momentum is going to, you know, come along and, uh, even the person I was talking about that kind of confronted me or with allegations that I had, um, you know, accused them of something and they accused me of something and I was trying to dig up dirt on them. And it was like, no, you know, uh, just the, the heart that's in there when God touches that and healing takes place. It's amazing that the things that happen. And I don't know if I answered the question that you had asked yes. or not, but. Oh, okay. you did, Scott. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. 
Absolutely, Scott. And I want to anchor there for a second, uh, team. Folks are in these crazy situations, these these somewhat unbelievable, have to be true, couldn't write it if you were the world's greatest author situations. They are going to say crazy things. Okay, folks that are in those situations, just, just, I mean, you couldn't even think about it, what they're going to wind up saying to you. And so are we going to in turn be another Godzilla in a small Japanese fishing village, just basically trampling the place indiscriminately? Oops, I'm sorry about your, you know, your block of, of people that I just, I just trampled on. Or are we going to be the face of peace? Are we going to be able to accept it? You know, address it at a different time, all while maintaining group you know, and, and community sanctity and all while maintaining a sense of, OK, we're still focused in this direction. I hear you. I want to validate you, meaning that I want to say, yes, I can understand how and why you feel that way. But then back to the scripture and back to what Christ has done in our lives. Here's what the truth is behind that. And here's what we're called to do. And, and, and there's way different techniques on how to do that. There's a hundred different ways to, to bring somebody back in line with what Christ is trying to do in our lives and in their lives. Um, those are techniques that we're going to discuss as we go through these leadership forum. But having that sense of, you know, my heart is for Christ. And because of that, I don't have to worry about reacting. I can in turn respond kindly and, and with an eye to making sure that I'm doing the right things. And as we catch ourselves and admitting, hey, listen, I, what, what a mistake. And, you know, Scott, I I treasure that in you that you're able to say like, man, I found myself doing these things. I didn't want to be doing that. I don't, I don't want to jump in the, in the sty with the pig, uh, you know, cause he's going to stay dirty and I'm going to get that way. So I hear you brother. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and I really want to recognize Sean early in this. Uh, Sean was in the chat and he said, you know, the only power you have over me is the power my father has given you. So the heart is the most important. And, that, and that, I think that's speaking to us as leaders. Mm-hmm. So I want to say thank you to Sean for that. I sincerely appreciate that insight. And then he led into a great question. You know, how do you deal with a wife that is totally against the group? Um, the husband is, is apparently really trying to grow, not only as a leader, but also as a husband and a father, but the wife is not a believer. Mm-hmm. You know, these are the type of, of situations I think that we need to kind of be ready for as leaders because we're going to see it time and time again. You're going to get the unequally yoked uh, couple. Uh, and then you know, it may be the believer that has been the unfaithful. It may be the, be the believer that was the intimacy anorexic. Um, he may be the offender or she may be the offender as the believer. I, I don't know, but we're going to have to face this. And I, I think that's a great question. I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. So I'm going to go a little bit and then I want to hear somebody, if you want to raise your hand, um, it'll, it'll pop at the top of my screen. I'll be able to, to, to call on you as I go to finish. But I think the big trick here is, you know, as the believer, how do we imbue that person with that sense of, well, how are you going to respond? H- how do you think that Jesus would have done this? I mean, time and time again, in the face of his disciples being complete buffoons, and, and forgive me if anybody is a disciple worshiper instead of a Christ worshiper, but over and over again, his disciples said just the craziest things, because of course they were in a chaotic situation. You know, they don't know where their next meal is coming from. And so they're saying these things to Jesus, and he's just, I mean, it's almost like he's just parrying, and he's just, you know, kind of waving through some of their yuck and getting straight to the heart of the problem, which of course was their heart. They just didn't understand what it meant to be a Christ follower. And so, you know, getting that gentleman that's having a struggle with a wife that may be a non-believer, and having him understand that, you know, it's really not about her. 
It's about your response to what Christ is doing in your life. And from that, you get the best chance to respond to her. I think that's imperative. And from that, it kind of frames us as leaders as we walk through with that person, you know, because he may be coming up with ideas that, oh, I'm not certain that lines up with what Jesus would have taught us or what Jesus taught his disciples. And as we start going outside those guardrails, that's when we can really wind up getting in trouble as leaders because we, we suggest things to people that are, are truly not godly at all. And so I'd love to hear somebody else's ideas on this. If anybody else wants to talk about it, it's an incredibly t- tough subject. If nobody else wants to talk about it, um, we can move on to the next question and people can yep. comment in the chat. I got one real quick. Uh, Go ahead, John. Um, I'm, I'm on my third conquer group, so um, I'm pretty much a rookie. However, I've been in ministry forever, so I'm dealt with difficult situations. But uh, I have a, I have a pastors that basically shovel me guys because they don't have anywhere to put them. So, you know, wherever they come to their office and they're getting ready to fall, their marriage is falling apart and everything else. I've got one gentleman that came in that that came to this group, my my current group, and I think we're like on week six, week seven. And uh, he had been caught over the last 20 years, five different times by his wife. And uh, he doesn't believe that he can be set free from this, you know, so kind of working through this as best I can with him, because I've really never encountered somebody that just said, I just can't get free from it ever, you know. Um, And I don't really believe that I can be free. So anyway, we had these kind of struggles. Well, he was disruptive during the group in in very subtle ways uh, where he would inject his disbelief into the group and stuff, which was, and I had guys that were, you know, some guys, you know, that are different levels in their maturity in Christ. And so I'm be, I'm kind of thinking, okay, Lord, how do I, how do I handle this? And uh, about a week ago, uh, he got real disruptive in the class uh, or the, or the group where he, uh, you got real negative, started, you know, shaking his head and, you know, about the arousal templates. He didn't understand that. He didn't understand these, you know, other things. He, he, he wasn't doing his homework, you know, he wasn't doing any of it, which is, I'm kind of like you. I'm, I'm a very direct guy. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm probably pretty much in their face about not doing their work. If, you know, especially if they're saying, I just can't get free of this. Well, do your work. Um, and so uh, anyway, uh, he had he had made the comment. I confronted him in it because he said that he had he had been doing his work, and I said, uh, "No, you haven't." And so it kind of it was a back and forth, and uh, and then he just got up, stomped out of the room, and uh, and that was the end of that. I haven't seen him since, by the way. But I had to. I didn't. We didn't discuss this gentleman after he left. Uh, when we prayed at the end, we prayed for him, prayed that he had peace, and that uh, you know the Lord did work in him. Anyway, has anybody else ran into these situations? Did I handle it wrong? Uh, I don't. I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, I feel like I'm clean. I, I really prayed about it, and I don't have any conviction over the way it was handled. Um, however, I hate to lose anybody, but I, mean, I think that's just the nature of the beast. But yeah, uh, hey, yeah, John, I, I already see a hand going up, and, and first off, I just want to prosecute something on screen real quick. Cliff is going to answer for us. But I want, to, I want everybody to call uh, their attention to Cliff's pool in his backyard there. So for anybody that may be above the Mason-Dixon line that's still freezing their butts off, down here in South Florida, it's absolutely beautiful. So if you get a chance, come on down, visit the studio. Cliff and I will go out to lunch with you. It'll be fantastic. And I'll go swimming in his pool. Yeah, and, and go jump in his pool. Just don't pee in it. Cliff, you what you got? Texas, we're good. <laughs> well, I had a... Uh... 
in my my second group uh, going through the Conquer series. Uh, then we went through Warpath as it was starting. It was a year, almost two years ago now. And um, they kept adding Warpath classes. So the guys were saying, oh, I thought it was only five episodes. And it's like, hey, listen, this is the two to five. We just went through the Conquer series. This is a two to five year to renew your mind just so that you can get a bearing on all of this stuff and, and live free for the rest of your life. So this is what we're doing, you know, and more, more classes got it, more episodes got added when we got to the arousal template and then the voice template, the three of three of the guys in that group of eight uh, were spending time walking together on the weekends. And there's, so they're spending time chit-chatting. One guy didn't, uh, didn't understand the voice template i don't hear a voice you know it's like and i tried to explain it to him um but all three of them were coming to me over the next couple weeks saying the same exact thing so i know that they were discussing it together and they wanted to do a bible study it's like well you go ahead and do bible study anytime you want on wednesday nights we're doing warpath this is what god told me to do so this is what we're doing you want to come great if you want me to help you understand the voice template, then let's talk. Uh, I, I knew each one of their voice templates just from reading the material. Uh, I know exactly. And from listening to them, I know exactly what their issues were, but they, uh, you know, they wanted to try and change the meeting. And I said, it's not happening. You know, I, I have to obey what dad told me to do. And, uh, and if, you know, if you want to join in with that and learn, Great. Take from it what you can and leave the rest for now. You know, uh, we're all at different levels in our journeys and we're all headed towards Christ likeness. But, you know, don't push, you know, don't try and push a rope. Uh, the guy's not ready. He's not ready. And if they're going to leave, they're going to leave. Uh, Matt Missiano was the pastor that was running the group that I joined at my church. And he said, uh, guys are going to come. Guys are going to go. And that's fine. Don't take it to heart. Don't take it personal they're on their own journey. Uh, you know, just your job is to, to follow your last standing orders and to love them. And, uh, and that's, that, and it's worked out really great with, uh, that kind of mindset. Hey, thank you so much, Cliff. I, I sincerely appreciate, you know, that, that, that experience, uh, and, and I hope that others can get some wisdom from that and not have to go through some of it themselves. John, uh, if that doesn't answer your whole question, man, please hit me up, uh, SEPCOR, separate correspondence, and we can you know go through even more here. I, I see that um, Scott had his hand up. Scott, do you have anything to add here? Oh, you're still muted, Scott. Yeah, Scott, you're still muted, bub. Back, back to our brides. You know, I, you know, I, I say trauma or drama is trauma without a voice, and if we could say it like a bid for attention too. Um, I just forget where I was going, but, you know, it's, it's so important. I think the, the, the hurts that we have, you know, come from our childhood complex PTSD. And sometimes it's beyond, you know, what I know and, and one-on-one -on -one is so important and engaging and supporting the wife too is it needs to be there. So if she doesn't have support, you know, and she's not supporting him, I think that was the, the question is, you know, the wife isn't able to support or encourage her husband and getting healthier so I, I know it's like, uh, I don't know, I, I forget what it's called, the thing that hangs from the ceiling and has different levels and um, a mobile. Stalactite? 
No, 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 a, a mobile. Oh, mobile. Mm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we bump one, and it's going to upset the whole thing. That the. the things that are normal so i mean maybe they've learned to survive you know in that storm and and uh any change is going to disrupt everything else um but either way both of them need help maybe it's one-on-one -on -one. and the hardest part is to see marriages end and that that that's what ripped my heart out is okay we did a disclosure things got worse you know somebody came to the group they're brand new they're healthy they want to tell their wife everything there's that little disclosure on the front that says, don't say anything until you got some sobriety, you know, and you're, you're growing and you're healthy and your wife has some support, you know, and it, it just hurt the wife so bad, you know, and then she acted out, you know, and then she, she winds up, you know, he calls 911 because he doesn't know what else to do. You know, that's the drama that's in there and it's trauma without a voice. We need to get those hurts out from our past, you know, and, and now she winds up in jail, you know, it's, and, and he doesn't know what to do. You know, we can't fight this alone, you know, and, and just because we see that, you know, there's freedom in, in expressing our hurts and our pain and our secrets, secrets keep us sick, you know, uh, they keep us from healing and hurt. Um, we, we don't keep secrets, see, secrets keep us. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that I, I didn't know and I didn't want marriages to end anymore. So I reached out for help been going through the CSAT certified sex addiction, um, you know, therapist training, you know, and, and I want to get better and I want to learn and I want to help marriages. And then the most important thing is my own marriage. Okay. And if I'm helping Christy and she's helping other gals, you know, that's where, where it comes. We, we need to do this. It's a team sport, a team effort. Um, then we can't forget God or exclude him. That's got to be the the, the new um, uh, the the neural pathway that we develop, and then the other one we start stop feeding that. You stop feeding the addiction, the insanity. It takes three to five years. Actually, it, it takes takes a lifetime, you know. And it and it uh, it's a journey that where we help other people out when we're healthy ourselves. So if I'm hurting, she's hurting, we're all hurting. Let's get some help. And that, that's when you ask for help. I don't know if that helps at all. Yeah, it, it totally does. You know, the two to five years, man, I, I think that's just until we can get a, a sense of understanding that it's a lifetime process. I mean, the greatest Christian ever lived, arguably, was Paul. And he, he lamented to God, like, could you just take this from me? Could you take this thorn in my side? And God's like, nah, I'm just going to leave it there. Maybe after your, maybe at your last breath of sanctification, and then it's gone. You look around and go, wow, that's what this is like. And that's it. And now you're with Jesus. So the two to five years is to get you a point of brokenness, I believe. Yeah, and then when she sees that he's healing, you know, and it's going in the right direction, maybe there'll be some rec uh, reconciliation, you know, but in the midst of the storm, that's, it's, it's, it's difficult. You know, marriage is meant to be a shelter from the storm, not the source of it. So anyways, I, I blither on. Hey, thank you so much, Scott. Thank you, Cliff. Uh, John, again, man, don't hesitate to reach out. Um, Verkat, I think you had a question. Uh, yeah, um, I'm not a leadership. I'm not a leader as part of your team, but just learning and listening. Um, does it, there are a couple of things that I'm looking at. And one is just setting the stage at the beginning, um, as what Christina had shared. And not just you know no venting, but there are certain settings for one-on-one -on -one 
and venting may be better for a one-on-one -on -one setting. The other thing is that when you're formulating the group, right? And I, I like what the other gentleman had shared that, you know, when there's trauma, then, you know, it can lead to drama. And sometimes, you know, the initial phases can be just venting, extraordinary venting, uh, especially in my own journey and the awkwardness of it. Um, but having said that, um, you know, the one-on-one -on -one setting may be, you know, and, and highlighting the value of where the one-on-one -on -one would be and where the group settings would be and what is appropriate for which um, may be the best way to kind of introduce the setting to the, you know, to the people involved because they've all coming to the table with, a, with an extraordinary amount of trauma, right? And if they all just share the trauma, then it really just compounds. You know, so, but anyway, I, I, I also just gleaned from some of the others what they shared. So thank you. All right, thank you. Thank you so much. We, we love hearing that. And you're right. There are some people that are not ready for group. That's just a fact. You will have people there that are not ready. And we, we had some perfect examples that were painted. John painted a perfect example of someone clearly who needs that one-on-one. -on -one. And it's okay to say, I cannot give you what you need right now. That's vulnerability. Guys, that is a good leader being able to say, I, I, I'm not the right person for you in this season. That's not weakness. That's courage. That is humility saying, I cannot do it. it has nothing to do with them. It's just not the race, right place right now. And it's not what you can offer in a group environment. So to be, you're actually not doing a disservice by having that tough conversation and saying, I, I have a counselor I'd like to refer you to. I don't, I recommend don't let, leave anyone hanging because that's, you know, do as Jesus would do and he would do this in love. So even though I'm not the one, here are some re recommendations. Here are some things and places you can go. Um, and having that conversation, yeah. I think is huge because even, you know, I love the scriptures is what do you do when there's conflict and you bring somebody else and then, then what do you do? Or, you know, you, you confront them first and then you bring somebody else. And then what do you do? Um, you treat them like a sinner. And how did Jesus treat the sinners? With love. So, so that's what we do. We treat them with love. Yeah. They're broken. And we have to accept that even if, if they're toxic to the group, they're not a toxic person. They just need healing someplace else. And we can't always be the answer to everybody. And we're not always going to have the answers for everyone. And having that humility and saying, I don't have what it takes. I know you can get healing, but it needs to be someplace else. Yeah. Yep. Last month we had uh, the venerable and fantastic, and I, and I think vulnerable in a, in a, at a point of strength, Joe Medlock. Uh, from Alabama. He, he was our, our guest speaker. And I, and I see him on the screen there. Thank you so much for being here, Joe. Yeah, hi, Joe. Um, Joe spoke very clearly about this, about being able to tell a guy, hey, look, this is this, this group's not for you. Mm -hmm. You know, it's how do you lovingly disinvite someone <laughs> who was once part of your group to go and either do something different for a little while with, with an open door to come back once they've attained some level of healing, which makes them safe for the whole group? Or how, how do you say to them, look, here's a resource, another resource that I have or that I've come across. And that's why these groups right here are so important is you get guys like John Sellers and I, and I see my favorite Irishman, Mr. McLean down there and Cliff and, and you, Verkat. I mean, folks that are, are, are thinking about how are we going to reach the most people and help the most amount of people and make the most disciples. Because let's face it, at the end, the rest of it's just a distraction from us helping make disciples, not believers, 
not baptizing people, but disciples for Christ. You know, how do we get there from here? And it may not be by our hand. It may be by a reference that we have. It may be by a reference that Scott has that he relayed to Troy, who relayed it to me. Uh, I don't care what the spider web looks like. We're trying to point people to Jesus. And they may have to have some, some serious high-level one-on-one, maybe even some intensive up to 30, 45, 60. I've heard of 90 days before for guys going through some of this stuff. Hey, not afraid of that. Not afraid to suggest it. Not afraid for them to, to, to spit in the face, either figuratively or literally. And then we move out from there. Uh, that's the true vulnerability. So, I had a question, actually, and maybe you guys can help me with this. I work with a lot of ladies, and one of their concerns with men that are going through recovery for sex addiction is, I'm not saying all the groups, I'm not saying it's even your group, but there are groups out there where the women feel like it's a place for the men to come and to confess, go home, act out, come back to the meeting, confess, go home, act out. And they're sick of it. They don't think that that is a place of healing. So as a leader, what do you do in situations? And what would you say to this? Do we have anybody that has any insight that's had to maybe have that tough conversation with someone that uses the group as just a confessional place? I see Ben raising his hand. Can you you hear me? Yes. Loud clear, Ben. Hey, uh, I had a recent uh, situation with exactly that. Uh, my wife was coaching his wife um, one-on-one. And he was in my group. And she just finally got fed up and spoke to my wife and asked if I would speak to him, which is not something I would normally do, but it was getting to the point where you're, what you're saying. So we're both veterans, right? I'm a lot older than he is, but he's a veteran. He's done some tough things. And I just spoke to him vet to vet, man to man. I said, when I was a child, I acted like a child. When I was a man, I threw those things away. And I said, you're acting like a child. And your yes should mean yes, and your no should mean no. You know, and I'm not a, a, a scripture-remembering person. <laughs> you know, it's, these are things that I have learned myself that I have to do. I was just transferring that to him. And, uh, you know, he's not perfect, but he had a turnaround, and she noticed the difference. But that's what I just, I just was straight with him. Straight up. Yeah, man. I, you know, for some of these guys, they've had sunshine blown up their butts for their whole lives. They have. And oh, yeah. nobody's ever taken the time to just to, to just tell them, hey, here, here, here's a story. Here's what God really said about this. And, and also for another brother to say like, yeah, yeah, and I screwed it up too for three, three decades. And so that's what it takes, Ben. I mean, man, you sound a lot younger than me. I'm a veteran too, but man, I don't know who you'd be older than. Um, that's fantastic. I, I appreciate that, that strong word. 52 retired for 10 years. It's the same, the same guy. We were doing the, uh, this is a seven pillars group. Uh, we were identifying victims of our, uh, our sin. And he put himself down as a victim. And I stopped him short. And I didn't chastise him or anything, but I, I said, I'm, I'm not believing that right now. And I I reached out to him outside the group and I said, and I took a picture of an old dictionary uh, definition of victim and I sent a picture of it to him. And I said, where are you in this definition? I I like Ben. Yeah, yeah, we like Ben. Uh, You you, you can stay, Ben. You don't have to leave the meeting anytime soon. So thank you so much for your insight, man. I'm going to mute up now. 
Clear but kind. Clear is kind. It's what a beautiful both of those illustrations, Ben. Clear and kind. And I love that. I love that. Well, team, we, we have time for about one more question in the formal piece of this. Um, there's always the after party, and that's whenever you're putting stuff in the chat as you go through and you know, seeing if there's anything that, that you might have missed along the way. Um, like I said, we answer most of these questions, at least indirectly. If you've got a direct question, you don't feel like you got to answer, please drop it in there. I saw somebody drop in uh, so, some private messaging for us that we will get back to you uh, here ASAP. But there's, there's room for about one more question here. Ben, if you could put your hand down, it makes it, makes it difficult for me to see other folks' hand. Uh, I appreciate it. So. Or it, it might be a comment, or you might want to share something where you had to, um, a time that you had to be authentic and step out of your comfort zone and show that courage. I'd love to hear a story of that. Um, don't make me call on you, and I will. Hey, hey, just real quick. Let's go ahead. I don't, I don't want to dominate this conversation here. I, I have been asked to um, minister to a ministry of where they bring prostitutes off the street for their sex addiction, women, right? And I did reach out to Melissa Lamar. You gave me her contact and she gave me, she said that she's using the Conquer series, but just using women's statistics. Is there anybody else that's ministering to women for sex addiction that has a resource? Or is John, that the only Yes, that John, I can, um, I will contact you. I will make connection okay. with you and give you some resources. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for the question. Yeah, and John, please put that into the chat. You can address it just to us, or you can leave it for the whole group to everybody. And if anybody um, has some answers to that or has recommendations of people that they can refer um, that are trustworthy um, for John. So this is a community. Yeah, this is the beautiful thing about this platform is we get to help each other. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Anybody else? All right, Verkat, you'll be the last one, man. Go ahead, sir. Uh, yeah, um, my question is around culture. And um, as you can tell, I'm, I'm Indian, uh, East Indian. Um, but you know, the uh, there's a lot of, uh, in, in American culture, um, there's a lot of uh, the statement, tough love, you know, and I, I see a lot of people from the military. Um, Indians are a lot less um, confrontational and uh, a lot more sensitive. And I, um, and I became a Christian. I came to the U.S., but, you know, I, my path is different. Sorry, it's a lengthy question. But I don't know, um, I don't know how to frame, phrase my question. But, you know, in other words, having the right messaging with the gospel and, and their freedom with the with the right cultural context, that kind of thing. You know, like veteran to veteran, you know, there, there's a lot of, um, you, you know, men, uh, uh, masculine strength, you know, you appeal to that and that helps the messaging. Sometimes that doesn't help in <laughs> with different cultures, but I, I wanted to get your take. I mean, I'm not saying with my culture, but just in general, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, thank Hey, thank you so much for the question. And, and, it, and it's something I mentioned earlier about being a, kind of a Godzilla and, and incidentally trampling along the way and not even recognizing that you've hurt somebody. Um, and that, that happens. It, it is going to happen at some point. And, and regardless of levels of sensitivity for the leader, even if you're the kindest, gentlest, you are going to say something that scratches somebody 
a place where they have not developed a full-on scab yet. And it's going to open up one of those, those wounds. And until that gets healed, it's going to always wind up hurting them. And so I want to encourage everybody as you go through this, uh, as you make those connections, this is why I think that the phone calls and the one-on-one communications are so important uh, through Conquer, uh, through Warpath, and just getting to know people and understanding who is going to be able to withstand that. And if somebody's exhibiting the kind of behaviors that does not necessarily align with recovery and they're sensitive, that could be a difficult measure for somebody who is incredibly gruff. Um, I've got a super hard time kind of, kind of toning it down some. And I recognized early on as a leader that I was extremely, you know, kind of, kind of confrontational, somewhat bossy, you know, very much prone to lecture and toning that back. I got a little soft, to be honest. And I wasn't able to talk to guys. I wasn't able to speak truth into them. And, and, I, and I watched a couple of guys struggle for two or three years. And, and now a lot of those chickens are coming home to roost and the families are struggling. And there's an awful lot of my own kind of thinking to myself, well, what, what could I have done differently? And so, and I think that's why it's so important as a leader, number one, to be yourself uh, and not, af- not afraid to, to turn somebody else over to a different leader. I can't tell you how many folks I've steered over to Troy, over to Cliff, um, starting to do that over with Joe, with Scott, uh, just saying, hey, hey, these are the guys. These are the guys that maybe can help you either locally or they can help you a little bit differently than me. Not everybody's going to receive the message the way I'm sending it. And likewise, not everybody's going to receive it the way Scott's sending it. Um, and so I just want to encourage you in that as you develop some group leadership, um, and as you start to point in that direction, because I think that's the tail end of recovery is being able to help somebody else, not out of some sense that you, you're supposed to do that, but that you get to do it. You get to share what Jesus has done in your life. And if that's with a very sensitive bent, that, that's, that's wonderful. You know, as you send out those invitations for your first online group, Vercott, whenever that may be, I would say you got about 91 days left before I make you do a group by yourself. Okay. As you start to develop that group, put it out there. Hey, listen, this is a group for guys who are going to talk. They're going to talk in some pretty different tones. This is not going to be a rah-rah, you know, rally around the flag type group. This is not going to be, you're not going to get the Dr. Roberts types out there that are just willing to tell, tell guys, nope, you're all screwed up. You didn't do your work. Pack sand. Come back next week. Try harder. You know, maybe that's how you develop the group in the beginning. There's lots of different methods to get there from here. And there is not one magic wand that any of us carry. Otherwise, we'd all be doing that one glowing example. And so you're exactly right to have that level of consideration. And what about the different levels of sensitivities, not just from me, but from the group members and group leaders? So I I sincerely appreciate it. And um, as as folks want to answer up on that more, I see Troy's got his hand up. I want to go to him real quick. Um, and like I said, this will be the last one. And I don't, I don't mind going overtime, gang, but I don't want anybody to think that they have to stay with us. Please go ahead and bail if you need to. Troy? Yeah, I was just going to say <clears throat> one of my favorite books is, is um, by Henry Cloud. It's called Boundaries. And <clears throat> I've had to implement, implement that in my own life. And, and even with the guys in the group, um, I'm all about vulnerability and, and about <clears throat> accountability and about sharing, you know, your struggles but also just like sometimes definitely had to even recently um, tell some of the guys, Hey, you know, uh, I go to bed, I actually stay up fairly late, but I go to bed at 11 o'clock and um, you know, I'm sorry, but you can't call me after 11. 
you know, or, and actually I've been lucky because I've got a guy who's from Belgium, who's in my group. And so his time zone is completely opposite of ours. And so we're kind of lucky that they could reach out to him, but um, you know, we're just, just the whole idea of boundaries is super important because I think a lot of guys end up acting out or doing some of the things that they're doing because they don't have good boundaries and they, they bust right through other people's boundaries and so by helping to establish boundaries and create boundaries for yourself, you're teaching them to have boundaries too. And, uh, and so I think that's one thing that's super important as a leader is to, to have those and, and make sure that you um, create them and enforce them. Yeah, a- a- amen and amen, Troy. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to have them, to reinforce them, and then also to offer guys, hey, here's somebody different for you. If if you can't if you can't get down here, then, then you you can go elsewhere. And um, Cliff, you had something to add, and then Ben, you'll be the last one. Yeah, I have a, a man from India. Uh, he's a he's a believer, um, but he was born and raised in in India, and it it was a learning curve um, with the different types of guys from different parts of the world. Um, uh, you have to listen and, and find out where they're at. You got to talk, you got to be you, like you said, you got to talk straight. Um, but yeah, learn to learning to listen to where they're coming from and how to, you know, like know, knowing your audience, you know, knowing what that guy is about and what, what you can say, what you can't just be very sensitive to that. And, um, uh, and that kind of works out. What I, what I always do is I say, Holy spirit speak mm-hmm. so that I, sensitive to what uh to not get in the way uh with my personality and uh so that that helps a lot as far as boundaries go that's an excellent book i had a, a guy young guy that was calling me often several times a week for advice or counseling or whatever um not and i said i'm not a counselor he's well i just want to, you know but when i looked he hadn't done his work in two weeks so he called the next time he called me I says, dude, I'm, you know, I'm not the work. You have to do your own work. So that was a boundary that I had set with him. And he caught up real quick uh, because he wanted that ability to, to bounce things off. So um, it's good. Another example, clear is kind. Love that cliff. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Well, team, as usual, these sessions, I think we could pack probably you know, into three hours, we could easily pack this one hour into three or four. Um, and so I, I thank you so much for your attendance. I thank you so much for being here. Uh, as we continue to develop this core group of leadership, um, as you look around in some of your groups, please start helping to identify future leaders. Okay, it's imperative that we, we push people to leadership in a godly way. And we let them know that when you think you're ready, you're actually ready about three or four months ago. Uh, sorry, Verkat, I didn't mean to put a timeline on you. I apologize for that. You have to forgive me in advance. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, team, I'm going to close this out in prayer. We'll be on our way. Please, as I'm praying, if, if you need to go ahead and drop something in the chat that was unanswered, we'd love to get back either. We, we'd love to connect with you. Um, so thank you for being here. Uh, Lord, um, we would love to just continue on. We'd love to just keep keeping you right here at the center of all this. But God, you know, our lives are calling. 
you're calling us. You're calling us to, to, to jump out of this boat, this safe haven where it's a bunch of other leaders with like-minded focus on you. Um, if this were the case, Lord, we would just all go to you know, one common area and we'd all sit there as believers just talking about how wonderful you are. And we'd never reach out to look for other folks who are just swimming in their own yuck and who desperately need you. Um, how else are they going to find out about you and what you can do for them? And just really you the beauty of your world and your life that you can give. And as you take their hearts of stone and make them heart of flesh, how else do they find out except for people like us, just regular folks who've been through some of it before. So God, we answer that call. We move out of the safety of the boat. We get into the water with some of the, Lord, let's just be honest, some of the sharks that are out there. But we trust in you. We surrender our lives to you in that, that prospect. And we attempt to grab others to bring them back to the safety of the boat, drop them off, help them get well. And then they come back out swimming with us to look for more people. God, it's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. We will see you a month from now. That was that June 3rd. Wow, it's crazy. Uh, we'd love to have you join us again. Just uh, contact us if you have any questions and have an amazing Mother's Day. Spoil those beautiful mamas. Love y'all. God bless. See you. Thank you for being here. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.